0: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest
1: Welcome to The Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, The Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Anthony Lee Witt, who is an expert on entrepreneurship. Uh, he is the founder and creator of The Champion Entrepreneur, uh, which is a national national podcast on the whole subject of entrepreneurship. And you can find out more about him at his website, which is tcepodcast.com. Welcome to the show, Anthony.
3: Hey, I am glad to be here and excited to talk to you in the audience.
2: So let's start with your background a little bit and and how you uh, have been an entrepreneur and what you did to kind of get this podcast put together.
3: Yeah, so um, I'm not sure if I'm like most or not, uh, but I kind of grew up. Not sure what I wanted to do, right? People struggle with this all the time. They decide, hey, I got to go to college. Got to, you know, did a lot of sports, did did sports in college, was a, a Division I college wrestler. You're still not sure what I wanted to do, but the funny thing about going to college is uh, a lot of times uh, mom and dad say, hey, you better use that degree because we're paying for it or we're, or we're putting money into that degree. So I thought, you know what? I better use my degree a little bit. And I got a degree in public health, health education. Uh, prior to that, I had done a lot of other things like framing houses, uh, working with my hands a ton. I thought to myself, well, I got, I got to use my degree. So I started, I did marketing, worked for a marketing, uh, company. And then I started, became a, uh, a head marketer for a series of doctor's offices, a lot of different stuff. It came down to that. I just wasn't happy doing what I was doing. And so I said, Hey, I'm going to, going to go back to using my hands. I started using my hands again, which for me meant, uh, running a public works department, um, and I hope you see that it was kind of floating all over the place. Yes, you and were. I was, and I decided, uh, hey, I want to do my own thing, you know. So I, I started my own company. And I started my own company doing residential and commercial maintenance, which I uh, had some really good contacts, really good contracts as well. You know, I was working for some of the top uh, uh, franchise chains doing their, their after-hours maintenance. I was just a one-man show. And someone offered me a full-time job. And I said, hey, this is a little stressful. I'm going to go back to this. Well, I went back to the full-time job. And, and there's nothing wrong with a full-time job. Matter of fact, for some people, it is absolutely their wheelhouse where they should be. Well, a year and a half, two years later, I said, man, I just want to create, make my own schedule, do my own thing. And in that, I was realizing, well, where's my struggle at? And my struggle, or one of my big struggles, was trying to figure out – what do I do? And how do I actually take the action steps? I can get excited. I can get motivated. I can get pumped up. And, and that, that's what would happen to me. I'd have these cyclical, you know, you know, I, I, maybe it's a financial thing. I don't know. I was up and down, up and down. Right. And I realized that I was just having trouble trying to figure out what it is that I should be doing. What are the actions that I should be taking different things? So I decided, Hey, how do I figure that out? So I started diving into the materials Right where do I find radio shows like this, um, podcast, um, webinars, books, all this stuff. And what I was finding was, and there was a good amount of information, a ton of information might be the accurate way to put it on how do I get myself in the right mindset to be an entrepreneur. And I I think it's even more than that really to be your own boss. And I say that as coming from someone that you can work corporate and still be your own boss, right? You have this mindset that, Hey, I'm going to control the directions, my attitude, who I am, where I'm going. But I could not find anybody to tell me, what do I do next? What do I do next? Once I'm excited, pumped up and have this mindset that, that is, that is the right direction. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start asking people. So I simply sat down and said, how do I do that? So I started a podcast literally asking people, like yourself, Jordan, saying, hey, how do you get there? What are the action things you've taken? I understand I need the right mindset. I need the right mindset to be successful at whatever it is that I'm doing. I understand that. But what are some of the ways that you did it? Because I also realized that, hey, I'm this one guy from the western suburbs of Chicago with a certain set of experiences that go in and factor in who I am, but you know, this, uh, single woman over here in California, she's going to have a little bit different. So she needs a little bit different action steps. And so let me get as many action steps as I can from as many people as I can. And that's how I started. Now there's a lot of other people doing it, which I absolutely love because I think that this is critical, but that's kind of how I got into it. That's how I got started. Um, that's how I got into the podcast and I just been going strong ever since.
2: So that's your, your key ingredient is helping other entrepreneurs understand the specific steps they need to be successful. Is that right?
3: That is, that is, because when we, when we sit down, we say, we look at, I, I always, I always name drop the big names, right? Because we know who those people are, but when you think of like the Warren Buffetts or, um, any individual like that, you think, oh man, I could never be there. I could never get there. Well, they started somewhere and, and that's so cliche, right? They started somewhere. Obviously they started somewhere, but they were taking specific directional actions to get to a specific place. And so I said, if they did that to make it happen, why can't I? Why can't you? Why can't anybody who actually desires to do that? And I, I say that, again, if you work for uh, a Fortune 500, Fortune 100, Fortune 50 company, you can still have this attitude because you want to be the CEO. That's the where you're trying to be, right? How do I get there? you got to have the right mindset and, and, and attitude, but then you have to take the actions.
2: So let's kind of take a broader view of entrepreneurship in the country at the moment. Some would say – it's a golden era for entrepreneurship. There's all kinds of new businesses being started, particularly because of the internet, and there's all kinds of opportunities there. Others would say it's a difficult time to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of consolidation. A lot of the big companies are getting bigger and stronger. It's hard to get loans uh, to start businesses today. What is your view of kind of the state of entrepreneurship in America today?
3: You know, um, I would say probably two years ago, if you would ask me this question, I would say, yeah, it kind of exists. It's kind of there, right? Like you said, there's there's some positives, there's some negatives, there's polls that are shutting it down, there's polls that are opening it up. Right now, I see this as a massive growth uh, area. <clears throat> and the reason I say that is you can't simply look at entrepreneurship as uh, one thing, as purely Silicon Valley startup, right? If you look at that, you're going to have one perspective. But I look at it as there's – America's culture seems to be shifting a bit. Um, I don't think I'm going to put my foot in my mouth here, but it's shifting a bit in the fact that we're going away from some of the bigger companies and we're finding that hey, I really like the smaller stuff. I really like um and maybe a bad example, but I like the shoe tailor from my local town instead of Corporation X is shoe tailor, right? Um I really like how that works. And so because of that, I've seen entrepreneurs and the people that I work with, they're being able to, to jump into markets where there's actual market value, right, where, where there's a need for the product or the service, and they're being able to sometimes even overprice the, the bigger, broader uh, economic company, you know, again, that Fortune 500 company. Because the mindset, the mindset is, I want that because I really like what that is. I like who the that local, person is.
2: Support the local. So, what are some of the advantages that entrepreneurs, either startups or people who are new in the process, have compared to uh, competing against, you know, Walmart and Home Depot and Best Buy and kind of big, big, big box stores all the time? Winner some of the advantages of the little guys.
3: You know, I I don't know if this is the direction you were thinking, but one of the directions that I definitely see an advantage of is culture, right? All these companies that you just mentioned, the Walmarts, the Home Depots, I've done a little bit of research on actually both of those companies. They have this huge, massive integration of culture, which makes it extremely hard to change what it is they're trying to do. So when the market will change on something – And we're not talking huge market shifts, but we're talking about someone, you know, we no longer like the sandals with the strap on them. We like the sandals with the button. Well, the bigger companies, you might think, well, they can just actually switch. And maybe in that example, they can. But culturally, it's harder for them to readjust when they're as big as they are. It takes them a lot longer because their culture has to change right? The smaller company, the smaller one, one shop guy, two shop, 10 shop, even, f- you know, 50 shop employee group of people have the ability to shift. And if you're starting out, which is kind of where your question was, when you're starting out, you can develop that culture if you start correctly, which means if you develop a system from the very get-go, which is why you do what you do, the mission behind what you're doing, the purpose behind what you're doing, and you're integrating that into your culture, you have the ability to shift within that metric.
2: A lot being of Being able to be more flexible and, yeah. and uh, respond to the market more quickly as opposed to the big guys is what you're saying.
3: Exactly. And, and I mean, I, I know some big guys, even some some of the Walmart distributors or some of the Walmart um, companies that you know sell directly to Walmart, that's their product. I know they have the ability to shift because I've talked to some of them. I've even interviewed some of them. But the the smaller person who or smaller company who has started from scratch or is starting from scratch can look and say, let's start with our culture. Let's start with the development of who we are. And when we do that and as we do that, we can then build from there because it's all, it's all from that starting point. And, of course, I'm a big component of the lean startup model, which is – Get it to the market right now. Don't do five million, sejillion times amount of research.
2: It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. Exactly.
3: The lean startup is that exactly. It's get it to the market now. Get something that you maybe know is slightly broken to the market, but get it to the market and let the market say, no, this is a horrible idea. Well, is it horrible because this piece doesn't work or is it horrible because you'll never use this product or this service? It just doesn't work.
2: Getting well, then feedback from been, the marketplace is what you're saying. Yes. exactly.
3: That that feedback from the marketplace is huge, and using that is a great a great advantage. That I think the smaller people have the ability to do because they're not locked up as in as much as a culture. You know.
2: But let's talk about some of the resources you offer entrepreneurs at your website at tcepodcast.com, which is the Champion Entrepreneur. What What are some of the things they'll find at that website?
3: Um, at the website, you definitely find the podcast and then we have some, some blogging that goes on there and then just some other little places where you can get plugged in. Um, and, and the biggest thing that I have there, and why I have what I have there is for you to get plugged in with someone. I like people to reach out to me directly or to my assistants. Right. Um, and we get you plugged into where you need to be plugged in by doing that. We we are able to get you what you need because again, I believe everyone is different. Everyone is unique, which is a it's a different perspective to look at it. Right, my customers are even unique, um, and I have to figure out what is it that makes you unique. Well, I can't service everyone. I can't even service. You know, if we had if everyone in this call right now said, "Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur," or I'm an entrepreneur. I have a side business, or I have a, or I'm starting my own thing. I, there's no way I could service them. Even – I can't service them because it's the mass of people, but at the same time, I can serve them because that's not my main forte. And so what I like to do with the website or at the website and with the information is to push them to the right place. So, so you're kind of a people there.
2: connector to some extent, right? You have a bunch of different expertise out there, and you can refer people to the places that can help them.
3: Yeah, because in, in, and as far as business goes, if I get you to the right person – you're probably going to remember me when you do need the service that I do offer. And that right there is what I try to do.
2: Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Anthony Lee Witt. He's the founder and creator of the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast, uh, which you can find out about at his website, tcepodcast.com. We'll be back after this.
0: The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening
1: to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Anthony Lee Witt, is the founder and creator of the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast. He knows all about entrepreneurship. His website is tcepodcast.com. That's the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast com. welcome back to the show Anthony
3: I'm glad to be back
2: so one of a big a source of support for entrepreneurs that you recommend and you actually help people do is setting up mastermind groups so kind of let's start with a basic what is a mastermind group and how do you put one together and how can it help you make your business more successful
3: well the uh <laughs> that was like six questions we'll see how I can pull all those together um the, the textbook or, or my textbook definition of what a mastermind group is, is it's the combining of intellectual and cognitive resources in order to plan, solve, and take action. Um, and probably in more layman's terms, basically, it's the combining of the information, excuse me, that you have and that you have brought together of yourself with other individuals. And when I meet with you, Jordan, or I meet with – Uh, you know, it's anthony jordan and jim and sam and we come together That's a combining of our cognitive resources is combining of the information that we have to solve a problem To solve a situation the the beauty of mastermind groups when it comes to business Is just that i'm going to be able to solve a problem at a certain rate of speed and and that It's relative what that is uh, By myself, but when I bring everyone else in, you know those other three or four people together In one place, and we start dealing with the problem as a group, even though it's my problem, the group is going to be able to solve the problem in a quicker and faster way. Um, They're going to be able to work through things that maybe aren't problems, but are situations that we need to work through. And I'll give you a a personal example. Uh, Recently, I guess it's it's probably been six months now, I was looking to possibly purchase a business. It was an industry that I'd never been in. Um, I've purchased business before, but it was an industry that I'd never been in. Um, I'd done my research on it, and I thought, hey, I, I, this looks pretty good. Uh, I had had a friend who was in the industry who's I would argue, a leader in, in the New York area in this industry. And so I talked to him a little bit. So I had done a great, good, you know, due diligence research. So I brought this information to my mastermind group. And in this particular mastermind group, I had an individual who was an expert on uh, business financing, financing deals, and stuff like that. I had an expert who was uh, an expert on systems and processes. I had an expert who was um, huge on the legal side. You know, runs like 200 lawyers in his firm. And so I had a couple of these guys, and then I had an, another individual who was in the industry. These three or four guys. And there was more people in, in the meeting. But these three, I said, here's what I'm looking at doing. Here's how I'm thinking about doing. Here's what I've done. Here's what I figured out. They were able to give me perspective that I otherwise would have never been able to come up with unless I talked to each one of them individually, right? The, the lawyer uh, individual, he gave me legal advice that half the people in the room said, man, I never even thought about that. And I've bought businesses before. or I've bought business before. I didn't even, I'm going to go back and make sure I, you're right. So Same it helps thing with-
2: them as well, not only in your situation, but other people learn – uh, from your situation as well.
3: Exactly. Long story short, I decided not to purchase the business and I was literally, I think I might have even had the check, the bank making the check out to purchase the business. I decided, I asked a bunch more due diligence questions that I hadn't even thought of. And like I said, I had purchased a business before.
2: And that worked out to be the right decision in and the it end?
3: And worked, it worked out to be the right decision for me in the end. And it was an amazing uh, perspective because I got so many new perspectives that I didn't have.
2: So how do you put a mastermind together, group together, of people who are going to be helpful? I mean, there's a lot of people out there, but you're kind of entrusting your your secrets to these people. How do you know you're getting the right group?
3: Exactly. and And that last part that you just said is absolutely critical because if I'm not willing to be open with you, and openness takes time, I understand that. I think that everyone listening here should understand that. It's not today that I'm going to tell you all my problems with my business or with my company or with my job or whatever it is. It takes time, but how do you find the right people, right? I I recommend that you start with one specific area. Diversity is extremely important when we're developing a group of a mastermind. We're putting people together in a group because that diversity, like I said with my example, helps us extremely in solving problems. But if the diversity is so uh, convoluted that we can't find any common ground, we're never going to be able to work together, and so I recommend finding one, possibly two, common or cores, common issues, common things that work together. Latching on to those and find people within those common commonalities with a lot of diversity. So I know that might sound.
2: What makes a sense? Bit so, so what washed. are some of the successful formats for doing a mastermind group? Can you do it typically in person, online? How often do you meet? What are the rules of the road? How does that all work?
3: That's a great question. Um, as far as formatting goes, um, I have run and been in groups that are tons of different styles, styles of groups. Typically, I think the most successful group is a group uh, between, of course, two, two or more people create a mastermind group. But um, between five to seven people, you get a little bit more than that. You, you don't have enough time to actually engage and connect with each other. You get a little bit smaller than that. It makes it a little bit rougher. Um, but that's about the number. Using either the format of the hot seat format or the goal oriented format, or as a starter, some type of book format. Again, if I'm in finance, we're going to use a finance book and we're just going to use that as a slingshot, if you will, a springboard for getting the group going. Um, the hot seat format is just like I said which is the example I gave where I was the guy for that week where it was my turn to share what I was working on, where I was at, any real hardcore questions or issues I was dealing with. Um, a goal-oriented format would be a format where we set goals every week. Every single person sets these goals, and every, every single person reports on them, and there's kind of a little bit more to that process. But basically, we're all really, really hard pushing on the goal.
2: Um, and you're typically w- meeting weekly or monthly? Weekly. Or wh-
3: Weekly, I find, is to be the best. Now, I've got groups that we meet um, on a monthly or bi-monthly week, but the more time I can build a relationship with you, the better and more open I'm going to be and the better our results are going to be because we're, we're becoming a team. It's esse- essentially developing your own, um, you know, your own executive team, right? So if I'm an employee at Company X and I'm in middle management or lower management, right, just above the hourly guy, and I want to move up, getting a group of people together to work together to help figure out how do I get there, how do I add more value to my company, that's extremely helpful and extremely beneficial.
2: Now, you actually help people put masterminds together. You have a website, championmasterminds.com. What happens there and how do you help people put mastermind groups together?
3: Yeah, um, I I run... As, as the other, I separated these out because, and, and you can get there from the main uh, website, but the podcast website. But I separated it out because what I found was people are searching for this. I was kind of shocked when I started getting into this world a little bit more. And I was thinking, man, pe- you just need to get in with a group of people that can really help you. You need some type of accountability, you need some type of um, mentorship or coaching. And that doesn't have to be formal. A lot of coaches way up here and then, you know, the client is way down low. But you really need this. And so I just separated them out. And simply at the champion entrepreneur or, um, championmasterminds.com, simply all I do there is help filter you into the groups. And we do one of two things. We can help you start a group by yourself. Like, let's get you in a group. Let's take the contacts you have, help you start a group, which I kind of didn't really get to too much. But there's a lot of different ways to find individuals, some of the, some of the ways that I recommend finding, um, individuals, especially for business is clearly use your own group of influence, the people that you're connected with. So who am I connected with now? Who am I regular engaging with? It might be a client. It might be a, um, a coworker, but another great resource is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an extremely powerful resource because the people on LinkedIn, they're actually active on LinkedIn are business people that want to make a difference and I actually want to move the needle in whatever it is, the industry that they're working in. So those are great people to reach out to. You can also do it through LinkedIn groups. You can also do it, um, I love doing it through conferences. When you go to conferences or association groups within your specific niche, which that can be the little thread that holds you guys together.
2: Like, do you have instance, a common interest? Do, yeah. you, do you want people typically in your industry or do you want a diversity opinion of people who are not in your industry, who have kind of, kind of a completely different perspective? You know, like I said, it it
3: really varies. Um, finding one common thread that'll hold you together. Sometimes it might be that we're all insurance agents, right? So that's in the same industry. But I do life, you do death, or or whatever the you know I do health, you do um, home, whatever. But it's in the industry, right? But at the same time, it might be something a, a little more. Um, arbitrary. It might be simply that we're all podcasters or we are all individuals of a similar faith, but we're all in totally different industries. Those types of kind of finding that one or two common threads, getting together with those and then finding diversity. So the the short answer to the question is great diversity is the best.
2: Do you need a leader uh, to uh, kind of run the thing, a facilitator, or is it just... Free, free flowing. So somebody who kind of sets the tone of how it all works. Well,
3: to go back to one of your earlier questions, which I didn't quite finish answering. So I help people start groups, right? And then I also run groups. Facilitation of a group is extremely important. It's just like any meeting you go to, right? If you go to, if you get called to a meeting, and of course, I think a lot of us, if we're in the industry where we have meetings, there's too many meetings. You need an efficient leader. Um, I have been in groups, and an am in a group currently where the leader rotates every single week. And it actually works because we're all leaders. But you definitely need someone to facilitate in leadership. The number one reason I see mastermind groups break up is because there's no leader. And shortly behind that is there's no openness and connection. Well, a lot of times that goes back to the first reason, which is the leader is not actually helping facilitate a group of camaraderie and openness that will
2: actually allow it to thrive so coming out of a meeting you've a lot of ideas have been thrown around what are there specific goals or specific actions people everybody commits to take or kind of what are the action steps typically coming out of a successful mastermind group meeting
3: you know it, it varies based on what the format and the actual why behind the mastermind group is but generally speaking the best way that I've seen success in is when a uh, individual in the hot seat or individual who's actually, you know, kind of getting harped on, if you will. I, I we use one of the terms, in one of my groups we use, uh, going to the carving post, man, I'm going to carve you up, but when we get done, we're going to, you're going to look awesome. Um, that typically that individual will have some, um, follow-up. So we'll say, okay, what's the follow-up for next time you're in the hot seat? What's the goal that you're going to accomplish in the next week to implement either some of the things we said or, actually take action on what you're doing because remember going back to how i started what i started it's all about taking the actions it's actually doing it and so it's setting that right at the end saying okay what is it that we're doing how are we keeping you accountable and using facilitation platforms that allow that to happen um which is what what i do on the back end as the leader again facilitation platforms like slack and even even social uh groups like LinkedIn groups, uh, Facebook groups, whatever they might be, but having a platform for continual connection and growth, but then also accountability, which is a huge component.
2: That that is a big part of the mastermind. Not just saying things, but then if you don't do it, you got to see them the next week and say, "Why didn't you do it?" or "What were your obstacles?" Right. So that accountability yeah, and, seems to be key.
3: And sometimes that's uh, and sometimes that's it. Right. It's I I have i got to get this done Monday night because Tuesday afternoon i got my, my mastermind group, but I've got to get this done. Sometimes that's what we need to push us and move us forward.
2: Indeed. Very good. All right. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this week is Anthony Lee Witt. He's the founder and creator of the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast. You can find out more about him at his website. TCEpodcast.com which is the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast and we were just talking about Masterminds, the website for that championmasterminds.com We'll be back after this
0: Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities financial news and talk We can help. Call us now, toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day, and we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time.
1: plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at vapresspass.com. That's vapresspass.com. VA PressPass by Voice America. All access, all the time.
0: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Anthony Lee Witt. He's the founder and creator of The Champion Entrepreneur, uh, which is a podcast helping entrepreneurs become successful. You can find out more about him at his website, which is tcepodcast.com. Welcome back to the show, Anthony.
3: I'm glad to be back, man.
2: So uh, what are some of the keys in making uh, a business or entrepreneur succeed compared to those that don't succeed? You've kind of studied a lot of attitudinal uh, mindset kind of things. What's the difference between the successful and the not successful?
3: Yeah, I will I will say that this was an accident um in, in two formats. One, I sat down and tried to figure it out and couldn't. And then after a long amount of a lot of interviews, I went back and kind of started doing my own research on my own content and started to realize, hey, there is a common thread here. There is a common a couple common denominators that are always present when I talk to people that are successful. Um and again. I would probably say success, you know, it's, it's, it's relative here, but people that have actually achieved what they're attempting to achieve, whether that is financially, whether that is uh, spiritually, whatever it is, those people have a set of certain things. And so I started doing um, research and that's really what my podcast has been. It's been a research project for myself, right? I, I, I said kind of uh, in the first half our first 15 minutes um, that, the whole concept of taking action, I was having trouble finding that, right? Finding that content, finding that information. And so I kind of created my own product to figure that out. Yeah. And what I found in that was what are the other attitudes or what are the other things that are are here and are relevant, right? And so one day I sat down and said, okay, here's all of what I have. How do I, how do I nail these things down? Cause right. We, we can talk about all kinds of stuff, mission and values and, and purpose and, um, attitude and direction and uh, right We can go on with all kinds of stuff and all kinds of words, even. And we have to figure out how do we filter all those things in to actually make them happen. And, and I sat down and I said, okay, what's important. The attitude is clearly important. The people that are quote unquote successful in whatever industry you're looking at have a attitude that the other people do not have. Um, How would you
2: describe that attitude that makes them successful?
3: Oh, man, that's a great question. The book that actually comes to mind is Business Brilliant um, by Lewis Swift. If you haven't read that book and you want to change your attitude, you want to figure out the difference between the self-made millionaires and the middle class, that is an amazing book. I would definitely recommend it.
2: Why don't you Um, just sum it up briefly as to what that attitude is about?
3: Yeah, so the attitude is having the ability that you can accomplish, having an understanding and a belief that you can accomplish. That right there, so it's belief and faith that you have to have. If you yeah. don't have that, it's not going to make a difference because yep. you will always self-sabotage. You will always put yourself – you always get in your way and push back against yourself.
2: So so self-belief so it's, that you really can
3: do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah self-belief. Okay. Um, so attitude, right? That's a huge component. And then the other thing I, I, I saw across all, it wasn't just attitude. And a little slogan that I came up with is attitude does not equal accomplishment, but we need attitude in order to become accomplished. Or excuse me, action does, I said it backwards, action doesn't equal accomplishment, but we need action in order to become accomplished. And so the second component is action. we got to take that attitude and put it into action. Now we can argue all day long, and I've had this discussion, it's actually kind of a fun discussion to have. What comes first, the action or the attitude? It doesn't make a difference. They both have to be present. The people that I look at, the people that I research, the people that I interview that are successful have both of these components. They don't have one or the other. They generally have both at the same time. They have the right attitude and the action steps to back it up, or they have the action steps that back up the attitude that they have created. And we so Part, go and of, part of what
2: you're saying to make the action successful is to have a routine. It shouldn't just be kind of episodic, but a, a methodology to your actions. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, But even more than that, I think people will get stuck. People get stuck on what you said, uh, a a routine, right? Oh, I have to have a routine. Well, what routine do I have to have? The truth is it doesn't make a difference as long as that routine works for you. And I understand that that's probably like a cop-out answer. Like, okay, you didn't even answer the question. But the truth is I can use um, whatever system or routine works for me. For instance, for me, getting up early works for me. That's a routine that I use that helps me get going. And, and that's kind of getting in the weeds here. But it doesn't make a difference if that's not your routine that works for you. So attitude and action, both major components. The other one is accountability. We talked a little bit about that in the first half hour, right? Masterminds. I look at this as everyone who is successful, again, that, and, and I was shocked by this when I really started to ask the questions. They all have some type of accountability. I use accountability a little bit broadly here in that it is – they have some type of mastermind groups they have some type of mentors coaches um, accountability partners whatever it might be partners people that they can rely on they can bounce ideas off they can get advice from i think of the, i think of actually the president of the united states right who's he have he has the joint chiefs that's essentially a mastermind group yeah. That's trying to help him figure out what to do next. Does he have to take all their advice? No. Do I have to take all the advice of my mastermind or my accountability people? No, I don't. But.
2: I mean, there is a difference in that one is hierarchical and the other. The president is the ultimate boss. He might get yeah, advice. Yeah. Yeah, but with a mastermind group, you're typically not each other's bosses. You're giving each other ideas, but you don't have to. You don't have the power to impose because you are the boss of others.
3: Yeah, and I would I would agree with that. That example stretches a little bit. But my point being the people that are successful have all of these things. They have attitude, action, and accountability.
2: So you're saying it's not possible to be accountable on your own. You need other people, either your peers or your subordinates or somebody – to hold you accountable. It's just not possible to just do it all on your own.
3: I don't know anybody that has done it. And you might say, well, I know, I know people that are extremely self-motivated. Yeah, they're self-motivated, but they have put into place specific actions that keep them accountable. Whether that is a digital product, whether that's another person, whether that's a, you know, I, I think of athletes, right? I was a, a college wrestler, and so I think of athletes. And, and when we were in college, we, we had to, um, especially preseason, we were working out three times a day right? You say three times. That's crazy. You know, at least two hours, three times a day. And then we had to go to class. I wasn't going to probably do that, all of that without some type of uh, help, some type of push. Right. And so even the the, coach
2: on there, yes,
3: the coach was on there. But even today, I think I've done some marathoning now and the person that helps the best with the marathon is it's your running partner or it's, it's your spouse. It's, it's the person, that the group you're going to compete with. They all develop the people that if you really look down into it and you don't just kind of just sit on the weeds, but you actually look into it and say, okay, that person looks like they're extremely self-motivated. And they probably are. They're, they have the right attitude and they're taking the right action. But they've also built in forms of accountability into what they're doing. And like I said, accountability, maybe not quite the right word, but they all had A's. So I had to figure out an A word and accountability <laughs> just happened to work there. So, so, so
2: what happens when you're successful? And things are going well, and it's getting a lot to manage. As an entrepreneur, somebody who starts small and then it's starting to build scale, is that often difficult for the entrepreneur to kind of scale it and keep it growing? Or at a certain point, they bring in a professional manager. How do you kind of manage growth if things are going well?
3: That that's a that's a huge component. Man, I had a, I had a client recently. I walked her through a program, helped her start a company. Uh, you know, a one-shop company, one individual. And she got a call, hey, we want to do this uh, several hundred thousand dollars worth of work with you. One person, right? She's the one person shop. She called me up and says, I don't know what to do. If we build the system from the ground up, again, we're going back to the culture we were talking about at the beginning of the show. If we have built the system to where we can do that, all we have to do then is figure out what we need to build around what's already there to keep us going. I'm a big component of the concept of built to sell. And and of course, there's that uh, best-selling book built to sell. But the the principle being when you are designing your company, you are building the company so that whether you are, again, whether you are a one-stop person, the company itself is never going to be as big as one or two people. You are building it so that someone else wants to buy it. You don't ever have to sell it. And it doesn't need to or necessarily ever have to be your goal. But if you are part of that
2: building to sell. Setting up the right legal structure, whether it be oh, yeah. an LLC or a subchapter S, or what are some of the things that people make mistakes there as far as building it to sell in the first place?
3: You know, I I don't see that as a major mistake in the first place, unless they fall into legal uh, issues. Because you can always come and say, okay, I need to go. Uh, I need to be an S corp or a C corp. I want to do an LLC or an LLP, or maybe partnership is the right. Right. Your 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 lawyer is going to be able to tell you what the right design is for you but having a corporate structure is definitely a component of what of, of starting on the right foot but even more importantly than that because that's literally hey you know lawyer jim um this is what i'm doing i need to start what what should i start and he's going to say okay we need to do an s corp or we need to do an llc with you whatever one is appropriate that's a simple uh, cl- click and plug principle but actually sitting down and figuring out where you're going why you're going there and how you're going to get there is a bigger component to the structure and another question that you brought up which was bringing in a a manager. Yes. I tend to I tend to go along the routes of I don't have a problem with people that have expertise and uh, clearly because I mean we're talking about masterminds getting expertise from other people a lot of times when we talked about this culture concept individuals who have come up in a specific industry or a specific area have specific tendencies that will hold you back if you want to be fluid enough to change when it's time to change. I am a firm believer that if you're starting from scratch, that you need to put yourself in all of those positions. Um, I know I kind of spit out a lot of books today, but it's the Michael E, uh, the E myth, Michael Gerber's book, that whole concept of building, of working on your business versus working in your business. So putting yourself in all the positions. I'm the sales manager. Okay, what does the sales manager need to do? Developing out what the sales manager needs to do and then developing out that process, like literally, you know, the workbook. Okay, now you can hire a sales manager. So you have you to under,
2: understand that. all the pieces of business by doing them yourself before you uh, turn it over to other people is what you're saying.
3: Yeah, because if I just simply say, hey, you're an awesome sales manager, and, and companies do this all the time if you're, you're an awesome salesman, they're going to bring some value. Absolutely. But they're also going to bring some baggage. And so you have to decide what's worth my time having to deal with that baggage because everybody has it, has, has the positive and negatives, both sides, right? Or is it going to be better for me to take somebody that's in this bad example, but fresh out of college, right? Um, somebody who's relatively green, but has the hard skills, has the hard, excuse me, has the ability to actually be a good manager or be a good person and teaching them exactly the components that work within your industry and in your company and the culture that you've designed that helps you accomplish your why, which is what it comes all back to.
2: Yeah, very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Anthony Lee Witt. He's an expert on entrepreneurship Uh, His uh, podcast is called The Champion Entrepreneur. Uh, You can find out more about it at tcepodcast.com. He also runs and helps people set up mastermind groups. His website for that is championmasterminds.com. We'll be back after this.
0: Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you
3: made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because there's more challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The
1: Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Anthony Lee Witt, is the founder and creator of the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast, an expert on entrepreneurship. Welcome back to the show, Anthony.
3: Uh, Thanks for having me, man.
2: So one big part that makes the business successful is the connections you make. So what is the good way for an entrepreneur to make connections that are going to help his business grow?
3: Oh, man, that's, that is a, that is the question, right? Because if I can figure out how to make connections, and this goes even more than entrepreneurs. This goes for anybody. If I can make the right connections, I can develop relationships. will will there, therefore turn into some type of financial gain, whether that is with that person – or with another person. Right. Um, so that, that is huge. And I think that, uh, a big, a major issue that, that people forget about is what makes up a connection. They think, okay, I have to figure out how to connect with Jordan. How do I connect with Jordan? How do I connect with Jordan? And if you listen to that, it's all about me interacting with you. But if you've taken anything away, I think one of the things that I've talked about today kind of underneath the surface is this component of self, right? You have to understand the other areas that are important to self or to the connection and realizing how they play and how they're a factor. And so I look at this in uh, several ways. I look at it that there's at least um, five dyads that are at play when we are developing a relationship and that is uh, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your God, which regardless of who that is, there's a relationship there, whether even if you don't believe you still have a relationship with some type of being. And that places you in a mindset, same thing with your relationship with yourself, then the relationship with the other person. And then it's their relationship with themselves and their relationship with their God. Those are all components that are factors in our communication and our connection. And so when those things are off, for, for instance, when I have a bad day um, for whatever reason, and I'm beating myself up, it's going to be a lot harder for you to connect with me. And so... I'm not going to be able to connect with you or me, you're not going to be able to connect with me as well if I'm dealing with those issues if you simply use the tactics and techniques you used before. yeah.
2: So you have to be sensitive to where the person is is what you're saying. Yeah,
3: you have to be sensitive to where the person is. And you have to understand that those are the different components. Another major factor that I – and I do this myself um, – that, that I mess is how people – learn how people connect and how they learn is a, another way in which they connect. And the different, uh, I like the, the concept of VARC, which is, uh, an acronym, which is used a lot of time in, in teaching. It's a learning style, uh, teaching the four stages of learning, which is visual learning, auditory learning, uh, reading, learning, and kinesthetic learning. And so depending on how I learn is how is, is also a way that I connect. So like me personally, I'm very much an auditory learner. That's how I learn. If, if you play something for me, that's how I learn. And, and a great example is I'm a father of five. I've got five kids. I get in trouble all the time for listening with my ears, which sounds bizarre, but I don't I don't use my eyes. I, I very much so. I actually focus better when I'm just listening with my ears and not my eyes. And my, my wife's always like, you have to look at her. She's two years old, right?
2: So in she, other words, when you're connecting with somebody else, you want yeah. to see what the best way that they learn and appeal to that and, and be interested in where they're at, not just where you're at. To make yeah,
3: yeah. Which goes back to the dyads, right? If you don't understand where they're at and where you're at in the dyads, you're not connecting with who they are as a person. And so using the different layering styles, I think that that's a major component of – and I use the word sales, right? The major component of sales, but it, that translates into connection. If I'm going to have a sale, whether it's a product or service or whatever it might be, i got to actually connect with them.
2: So say you're going to a convention, okay, and, and there's tons of people there, a lot of people you don't know. What is a way of getting, the, making that effective for you to make connections with people you haven't met before? How, how do you kind of make the most of that situation?
3: You know, the the, the way that I do that um, is that I let them talk. I always let them, and you think, oh, that's obvious, right? No, always let them talk and always be ready with questions. I, I tend to to come to a conference. And I I love the way that you, I did a presentation actually once on how do we connect at conferences? Um, And that was the best, some of the best do's and don'ts of conferences. And what I find is always be prepared to ask another question. Always have questions. If you're going to, you know, we were talking about FinCon, a great, a great conference. I've never been, I've heard great things about it. If I go to that conference and attend that conference, I'm going to have specific questions that the general population of people going to that event will have some type of unique answer too. I haven't come up with those questions yet because I'm not going, but it it might be something specific on finance. How would you get into finance? Where do you see the financial industry going? You know, whatever it might be. So I can continue to answer the questions. And what happens in that is those other attributes and things that I mentioned, learning style, um, where they're at with their their different psychological dyads and stuff like that. That's all going to start to trickle out if I pay attention. And so I literally have a list of questions. Sometimes they're memorized questions. Now, typically they're not because I, I can, I can talk. I'm pretty good at just keeping the conversation going and just asking another question. But if I've sat down and said, okay, here's a general group of type of people that are going to be at this conference event, whatever it is. And how do I ask them more questions? But you another, kind of
2: size them up, right? And, and, yeah. and immediately see if there's a connection or if there's not, there's not going to be a connection to everybody, and you kind of move on, right? Yeah, exactly.
3: To- exactly. It's uh, you know, there's there's maybe stigma attached to this, but it's it's profiling. Is this person right. going to? <laughs> exactly. And sometimes, what I love to do at a conference, I typically, if I go to a conference that has a thousand people, and I like to probably, I like to actually shake hands with about two hundred people. Yeah. What I do is, you, I can typically tell in the first couple of minutes, hey, either. We are just not going to connect or you're not the type of person or you don't have what I need or what's – I can't benefit you. But guess what? Jim over here that I just met a couple minutes ago does. I will take the person and connect those put, two
2: put people. Put the two together.
3: Literally. So, okay. So, so once you've gone
2: through a convention, you've, you've sh- shaken hands with 200 people and maybe 10 of them are something you can really move forward. So what is the process of following up uh, with those connections so that it benefits your business?
3: The way that I do this is, you know, a lot of a lot of events like this are two day events or so, right? At least the bigger the conventions and stuff we're talking about. I will take my list of, and, and I use Evernote actually. If you if you're not using Evernote and you're going to conventions, I would recommend giving it a shot because if you have the paid version, which is like five bucks a month or something like that, you can take a picture of the business card, literally take a picture of the business card, push uh, save, and it'll send them a LinkedIn request and an email saying "Great to meet you." I do that on site, right? So I, there's my follow-up part of it. When I get back to the hotel room, typically the next morning, like I said, I was an early riser. I mentioned that earlier. When I get back to the hotel room, the next morning, I'll take that list of five or 10 people and I will send them a personalized postcard note. Typically, you know, a thank you note, put it in an envelope, mail it from the hotel so that when they get to their house or wherever they're going, you know, if it's a, if it's a Thursday, Friday event, by Monday morning, that letter is going to be in their mailbox.
2: Yeah. And so, so that's a huge Following way. up is key. Yeah. It's
3: a huge way. I haven't spammed them like crazy amounts of email or anything like that. All I've done is connected with them socially on the connection levels. Um, and then I've gone from there. But real quick, another component I want to make sure that I get in here. Because I think is extremely important. There was a recent, UCL, a recent UCLA study that showed that about ninety-three percent of communication, effective communication, is determined by nonverbals.
2: Mm-hmm. Let me say that again:
3: It's determined by nonverbals. So our communication effectiveness is determined by nonverbals. So if we're trying to connect with people out of conference, we're trying to connect with a potential customer, meaning
2: like eyes and the handshakes and yeah,
3: and everything that has to do with nonverbals: eyes, ears, mouth, nose, toes, all of it. Everything has to do with that. So that's a huge component.
2: So we have about a minute to go. So just kind of sum up the difference between taking the advice you've given uh, and what kind of difference that can make in making somebody a successful entrepreneur. Oh,
3: man. Um, it allows you to have the freedom to adjust when you need to adjust. I think that that's probably the easiest and simplest way to put it. A lot of the st- structures were coming out and, and, you know, I finished up my master's here. A lot of the corporate stuff. It puts us in a box. A lot of the stuff that I'm talking about today allows us to get outside of that box and find inefficiencies and then develop efficiencies within what we're doing.
2: Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Anthony Witt. Uh, He is the founder and creator of the Champion Entrepreneur Podcast, an expert on entrepreneurship, also an expert on masterminds. And he can help you put a mastermind group together at his website, championmasterminds.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Anthony.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answers Show next week. Goodbye for now.
1: Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.